This is Grandma's Wisdom, and I'm your girl, your host, Donnie. Look, this is the realest podcast you're going to listen to because there's people from all walks of life that I will be interviewing, giving you different perspectives on self-development, self-care, self-love, and just getting through the struggle of life to where there's a point where you don't feel like you have to struggle in life. But you can live your life. So sit back, relax, and listen. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is your girl, Donnie, Donnie, baby. And this is Grandma's Wisdom. Look, we're interviewing um, Daria McCoy, who was my intern. Um, She joined me on this conquest and interviewing uh the homeless who are actually staying in tents over there off of m street first street um and i think k street underneath the pathways um yeah and it's the neighborhood is called noma so um daria mccoy is administrative assistant um in terms of her future career she's undecided by the way she is she will be 21 soon. So, um, yeah, I'm going to ask Daria a few questions because we need to dig in to what was her experience like being a young person and witnessing these individuals in these situations, um, um, you know, unfortunate situations. And uh, just seeing where her head is now and where her head was during that interview and hopefully where her head was before she did the interview so um, I'm going to ask her a few questions but I, I, I want you to speak to the people and say hey, hey Doria hey Donnie so how you doing today? hey girl <laughs> alright so um, tell me a little bit about yourself um, just anything you want to tell uh, us I'm 20 years old um, I'm a very ambitious person I like to work a lot, make money. I like to spend money. So I know that in order to spend money, I'm going to have to have a career that's making a lot of money. So, um, But money is not everything, right, Daria? No. It's not. Okay, thank you. We're going to leave it at that because you feel like you're about to start some shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looked like. Daria's one of the people that get on your damn nerves, child. But she was definitely um, a great, great, great help in terms of um, just being there um, with me in terms of these interviews and I and realizing how important it was for her. I asked her, did she want to help me out? You know, just being there, like if I need her to help me in terms of recording while I was recording these individuals and it's not really too much because I was recording from my iPhone so um, just being there like if I need her to run to the store or something like that or whatever the case may be and being there like and and sometimes holding the phone for me while I'm interviewing these people um, as well so she's been a a great assist in helping me so alright one question I'm going to ask you first before we get into the nitty gritty. Okay. What was your mindset before you did these interviews? I didn't think that I could ever end up where they was at. Okay, so 
when I told you about this project that I was doing, I said you can come along and tag along with me and be like an intern for me. Um, what was what did you initially think when I told you we was going outside to do these interviews with people who are homeless? Did you did you have any expectations on it? I mean, I didn't really think they was gonna have a background story. I just thought that they was out there because they didn't work or they didn't want to finish school or they was doing drugs. I really didn't know what to expect from them. Wow. And I wonder how many other young people that thinks that way too or how many grown-ass people um, that think like homeless people don't have a whole story. Mm-hmm. Not saying what you, not judging you based on what you thought because that's normally how people think. They don't think homeless people, people who are out there who are drug addicts or homeless or just being out in the street um, don't have a behind the scenes like a story Mm -hmm. you know so that's really interesting um so what did you what was your experience like doing the interviews like what was your experience when i was doing these interviews what were like what what was going through your head like let's say just pick an interview I, i'll say i will pick the first interview which is pops mm-hmm. that you you know assisted me on with pops what was your experience like when we did that interview um like i said i didn't think he was going to have a background story to how he actually ended up out there so to hear how he actually did end up out there it just shocked me because I really can't picture somebody going through that and then being homeless um, as the result. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What did you think about his condition? Like when we when we seen everything that was going, oh child, and damn near ripped my earlobe. Um, what was when you seen his condition? What was you thinking? Like looking at his tent, everything that was in it, everything oh, that was yeah, around it, the whole TV atmosphere. And a tent. Yeah. Um, a bed and a tent. It really just made me feel grateful for what I have right now and teaching me how not to be ungrateful when I don't have something that somebody else has. And it was just an eye opening experience. Right. Yeah, it was an eye opening experience. Um, did he seem like he was unhappy, happy? No, it seemed like he was content with what he had. You think he was content? Yeah. Okay, do you remember some of the stuff that we talked about in the interview? Um, about him trying to get his life together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you remember he had plans on moving. Yeah. Yeah, so he had a plan. Mm-hmm. Um... And um, the thing is, what I have realized with these interview interviews, like you said, mm-hmm. he seemed content. Mm-hmm. In most cases, they are content mm-hmm. um, because they get accustomed to being out there. And once they get accustomed to being out there, it's like, oh, it's not that bad, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Just like, for instance, you staying, you know, with with your mother, yeah. you know how you're content with what you're in your space that you're in. Yeah. Um, 
people in general get you know complacent in spaces sometimes and sometimes you have to realize you 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 got to keep moving you got to keep growing mm -hmm. you don't want to get too content in a situation where you're not growing yeah um so but that's another thing but it's the same thing yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. just because he's homeless does not mean that you know he's not going to be a human he's going to yeah. get content and complacent with where he is mm -hmm. because he didn't he didn't went through that whole the the the, the trenches and the the griminess of being out there mm -hmm. so he he at that point when she's saying that he was content it did he didn't seem like he was unhappy and it didn't seem like he was extra happy. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? But he did seem happy. Yeah. Like, and I think he was more internally happy. Mm -hmm. um, more than being happy with his situation. Yeah. So that was the kicker um, in terms of interviewing Pops and interviewing Mike. Um, Mike was like that too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mike was definitely he like was. that. Um, and he was one of the people, um, and this was the interview before this one, um, that was, that's episode 14. So, uh, he, he broke down that he was complacent and, and content and he realized that he needed to go up to housing. You remember he talked yeah. about that? He was like, I gotta go. Like, I gotta go up to housing. He was like, as bad as I, I. I feel about having to keep going up there, giving my mm -hmm. social security number to different yeah. people trying to get, uh, um, to get housing, mm -hmm. you know, but he kind of want to break the mold. He want, you yeah. know, go against what he's used to and trying to figure out if someone will help him get some housing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think he's definitely looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing, and I like that was a good um, pointer that you made about him saying like he was content. No, I'm serious. No, you I'm smiling. Good. Okay. Because I'm glad that you yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Because that's a good observation. Mm -hmm. So, um, tell me what you liked about the interviews, um, the most. What I liked about the interviews the most was the hands-on experience. Um. It was really a good experience for me because I never thought that someone can just end up out there from um, the situations that they told us and it really just gave me a... Yeah, so point out something that... Um something that stuck out to you the most in one of the interviews. Like, maybe that'll help. Like... Uh, that you like the most, like whether it's a personality, whether it's the person, you know, whether um, it's I like Mike, um, whole demeanor, how he helped a lot of people out there when he really couldn't do much for, for himself. Because he was in the same situation as them, mm -hmm. and, and it taught me how to be right. Um, no word on how giving, to yeah, yeah. He had a giving heart, so he had a giving heart, so um, yeah, most definitely. Uh, what else um, did I want to ask you? So you feel like Mike had the best interview yeah. to you personally? 
Mike did give a good interview, so but they all gave me a really good interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely, definitely, definitely feel like Pops and Leanne um, interview was it was very um, different for me. Mm-hmm. It was on a different level because they both passed away, yeah. and you were there to witness the interview and help out. Yeah. So. Um, it affected you just as much as it affected me yeah. because, um, you know, that interview with Pops was like a really, that was a really good interview as well because uh-huh. he was, he was funny. You know what I mean? He was yeah. an OG. He was cool. Yeah. He was definitely like somebody's grandfather. <laughs> um, he had a lot of wisdom, so... What did you think of, did you feel that way too about Pops? Yeah, I felt like I could connect with him. Um, yeah. On like a, a personal know, level, yeah. like you felt like he was like a family uh-huh. member almost. Yeah. I think that's why it, it kind of hit me hard because I was like, damn, like, when he I passed felt like away. I him before or I knew him. him. Yeah. Like you had been knowing him mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely was the case. Yeah, Mike gave me a really good interview too. Of course, you touched on that because it was uh-huh. true. Mike did give a really good interview. Yeah. He was um very knowledgeable mm-hmm. about the things that he spoke about, so he was very given. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you like about uh Chris' interview? I can't remember Chris. You want to know why he came? Because <laughs> Chris gave us the shortest interview out of oh, all of them. Um, yeah, Chris was the the last person we did the interview back in and we August. Were supposed to interview his friend. friend. Like, yeah, yeah, but his friend was uh, playing games yeah, and I shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was right. like, oh man, just forget <laughs> it. Um, Chris, he seemed like he was in denial about being out there. You think so? In denial? Yeah, like I, he felt like he wasn't supposed to be out there mm-hmm. but he took the wrong turn and mm-hmm. that's how he ended up out there but it seems like he's trying to get himself back on track yeah I, you know what mm-hmm. it definitely it felt, like, it felt like he was more in denial about whatever it is he was going through mm-hmm. not more so him being in denial about him being out there yeah I, I felt you ever felt like when you talking to somebody like they hiding something, mm-hmm. like they're not giving you all of it. Yeah. You know, um, I kind of felt like that. So mm-hmm. that was a good observation too. Yeah. Um, he, um, but he definitely um, seemed like he definitely took a wrong turn just like most of them did mm-hmm. most of them took a wrong turn yeah. down the wrong path and it led them in mm-hmm. um or something happened to them or some type of trauma happens and then people have a psychotic break or just a break mm-hmm. in general where they can't really revive themselves you know bring mm-hmm. themselves back to you know reality reality yeah. or um, just bring them back to their 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 normal roots, self. their normal self. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, they fall off the track, and then they just keep falling. They just keep yeah. falling. Then it gets contentment and complacency mm-hmm. uh, is in the bowl. 
mm. in the mixture with everything. So, um, yeah. Um, who else did you interview? We interviewed Pops, Mike, Chris, Leanne. Yeah, you did them four interviews with me. Because the first one you it did with one me. You, which one was that? Um, the one who said he was a vet. Oh, yes, Larry. Yeah. Larry. Mm-hmm. Larry wasn't Larry wasn't a vet. Oh, I thought he said I, why he am I calling him Larry? We talking about Prince Sandro. Yeah. Prince. They remember that was his uh-huh. name, Prince. Yeah. We the, the the funny part is the reason why I call mm-hmm. Prince Sandro Larry because we was looking for Prince one day and we couldn't find him. We kept saying we seen this writing on somebody's tin. We was like, What's his name? Larry? What's his name? Larry? And then when I went to do the edits for his uh for the teaser for him and his interview it didn't have Larry on it. It had going to Russia. It said to Russia. Yeah. It didn't say Larry. So that's why we kept mixing the two uh-huh. up. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no. Um, uh, Prince. Who was a vet? None of the people I that we had was a vet. He wasn't a vet. Maybe he something on that made me think he was a vet. Oh, he wasn't a vet. No. He wasn't a vet. Um, I wish I had an opportunity to have interviewed somebody that was a vet. Oh, you know why I thought he was a vet? Because I told you he should go be a vet since he looked like he's a Be in the army or something like that? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, his interview was interesting too. What did you think about Prince Andrew? Uh, Honestly, I can't remember you can't his remember interview. Prince Andrew? No, I remember him. I just can't remember his interview. For like some of the stuff we talked about? Yeah. Um, you remember he said that he wanted to, his goal was to go to Russia? No. To I meet his, uh, his, um, his royal roots, to get back with his royal roots and get connected back with his royal roots. Um, the, the head injury, you remember he said he had a head injury? You don't I'm remember. Go back and but do you remember Leanne? Yeah, I remember her most definitely. Yeah. Oh, okay. What did you think about Leanne interview? Um, what touched me the most was that she had kids my age. Mm-hmm. When they just graduated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, how old was she? She, um, I think when she passed away, because she passed away, what, two weeks after we did her interview. Two, I think it was two to three weeks after we did our interview. Um, I think the crazy part for me was that um, we connected because we had family. Yeah. That we um, I was, was related. The child was yeah, and I didn't know who she was, yeah. and that shocked the hell out of me too. Um, do you feel like? This was just a coincidence of you coming on this journey with me and doing these interviews, no, or do you I feel, feel like, like it was meant, destined? It, yeah, was, it meant? was destined for me to see what my future might be like if I don't um, follow the, a certain path. Yeah, the right path. The right path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like um, you say, being yeah. all scared straight. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh-huh. To the presence to see what they might end up in. Right. If they don't straighten up. Yeah. That's, that's how true. I feel like this. Right. For me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything that you didn't like about the interviews? Um, 
one thing I didn't like was when them people thought we was apart, like we was actually homeless and they came up to us. Why you didn't like that? I mean, tell me, why is that? She's, excuse me, y'all, she's that's one of 20 my years things. old, what else do you expect? But go ahead. One of my worst fears is being homeless. So that made you feel some type of way? Yeah. <laughs> like, people judge homeless people in a second. So the fact that they thought that we was homeless, it just made me feel... Some type of way. Yeah. It made you feel like you looked like you was homeless. Yeah. No, that wasn't the case. I came from work, so that must have <laughs> shit. So you mean tell me that I look like I was homeless? Uh, most of these people that are living in these tents are not, some of them are taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Not all of them are like looking homeless. Yeah, I know. But That's the reason why. You know, just to assume that somebody is not based on what they are dressed like is not mm -hmm. always, yeah. you know, the reason behind it. These people that I interviewed took care of themselves. Yeah, Leanne being one of them. Yeah. She. What was she doing when she we walked up on her? her um, clothes and washing herself. Exactly. Yep. She was cleaning her clothes in a bucket with soap and water. Mm -hmm. And she had bottles of water um, by her tent. You know, um, some of these individuals were getting... It had some form of income. It wasn't like income like how to survive, like to pay rent and all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they had just enough to get by mm -hmm. um, for the month. Mm -hmm. Not for a two-week pay period or one-week pay period. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Pay period, weekly pay period. This was for a month. They get like $600 for a month. And probably got a budget, what? A hundred and fifty a week, and they still gotta feed themselves if they're not, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of going to these nonprofit organizations that were helping them in that area, mm -hmm. um, other than people feeding them and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, so you already know how that go. Like in terms of, they weren't getting enough money to survive, mm -hmm. so. Um, but yeah, back on the looking homeless thing, uh, I just feel like it's a bad association with homeless people that, mm -hmm. that they all dirty and they don't mm -hmm. take care of themselves. Yeah. yeah, they, some of them take care of themselves. So you cannot judge a book by as what? Cover. Yeah. But we saying that other people don't know. The fact that you were a part of this. Well, now I get to go back and share my knowledge with my ignorant friends who yeah. think that homeless people are all lazy, dirty, and whatever else negative things they think about homeless people. I can actually teach them that that's not actually the case with every homeless person. Let me find out, girl. Give me some hot dog, girl. Yes, give me the tea, honey. <laughs> That was a real tea. Yeah. Did y'all hear? <laughs> Let me find out. Let me tell y'all something about the dirt. Get on my nerves, child. She get on my nerves. She get on my nerves. She is so aggravating to tell some of the crazy shit that she said out of her mouth. <laughs> it just drives me crazy. But I'm telling you, 
the stuff that she's saying right now, there, I feel like it has some form of contribution to um, her her ounce of maturity. You feel what I'm saying at this point. Um, and I'm definitely, I'm so grateful um, that God put this in my path and that this young lady is also in my life um, and to be a part of it with me, you know, and to say that I had an opportunity to have a young person in the mix um, actually have a real life experience um, outside of their mediocre little situations, sometimes, you know, when you're young, most of the time you just think, what, what was I thinking when I was 20 years old, um, uh, that my life was a piece of shit, <laughs> that's what I was thinking, and I was always broke, mm -hmm. I ain't have shit, I couldn't, you know, just being in, like, constant, negative mind frame yeah. um confidence issues mm -hmm. um like trying to figure myself out yeah. and um your 20s is not easy there no. it, it don't i'm sorry to say it but yeah i see that yeah it, it gets a little it doesn't get worse it just the lessons get a little harder because mm -hmm. You, you have to go through life to experience it. And it gets harder. Your lessons get harder in a different way. Uh -huh. So, like, for me being 30 now, my lessons are even 10 times harder mm -hmm. than it was in my 20s because um, these lessons are not surface lessons mm -hmm. like yours and, and mine when I was in my 20s were like behavioral issues yeah. or you know learning how to deal with people and learning um, how to coexist with people and get along with mm -hmm. other people relationships were a big focal point in, mm -hmm. in my 20s do you feel like that relationships yeah. is a big focal point mm -hmm. family was a big focal point um, just growing up and growing into myself was the, the, the focal point and, and trying to figure out what the hell is going on. How do I do this? How do I maintain this? How do I keep a job here? How do I pay my bills? How yeah. It's like that kind of thing. And if you are definitely a person that has dealt with any type of trauma, that is in the mix. Mm -hmm. So that's, and for me, that's what made it 10 times harder for me because it was beyond the surface for me on that level. But when I hit my 30s, honey, it was like a, a, a door open like, and the light shined through. And it was like shining light on all of those things that I, quote unquote, was trying to fix in my 20s. Now I have the, how can I say it, the experience mm -hmm. to tackle it. Yeah. So those lessons become just as harder than it was then it's just that the lessons kind of become more um what am i trying to say those lessons become emotionally draining for me and i'm saying this because some of these situations that happen in your life when you hit 30 
they're hard ass lessons. They're not just regular lessons where surface lessons. They are hard lessons. Like people around you that are the same age as you having a heart attack or um, people around you are getting cancer. People who your friends are are getting cancer. People around you are getting married and having kids. I'm just not talking about all the negative things. It just brings a lot of attention to to where you are in your life right now. Some people actually, you know, learn those situations in their 20s or maybe in their late 20s, but your 30s, that's when you have the opportunity like, oh, okay, I got to tackle shit. Mm -hmm. Yes, I didn't face my friend over here got cancer. My friend over here that had a heart attack. My friend over here is gone, um, died from this or died from that or my friend over here is getting married. So I can't see them no more. When am I going to get married? All of this mm -hmm. shit. You starting to tackle. The, okay, look. These are things that's happening around me. But guess what? I'm going to put on my bootstraps and put on my big girl panties and put on my, <laughs> my big boy uh, boxers or boxer briefs or white tights or whatever you like to wear and women drawers, panties or... <laughs> <laughs> I'm still goofy and I don't care. Anyway, um, with all of that happening, you still got to be able to hold your head up and walk. You know, even though you got this person leaving and this person leaving this world beside you, you still got to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference with hitting my 30s is that life gets real as shit when you turn 30. Right. You know what I mean? And you start, you know, going through your 30, you know, zone. And um, so I just want to let you know that for people who are younger or people who are the same age as me. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely, if you're definitely if you're the same age as me, then you'll definitely know what the hell I'm talking about. Because adulting is nothing to play with. So what advice would you get somebody? Child, let me tell you one thing. Have fun. Let me tell you this, don't sit up there in your room being depressed, mm -hmm. moping around, having all this low self-esteem shit, because when you hit 30, you start to realize what life really means. You start to realize, oh, this material shit, this superficial things, these, these, the, 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 the physical appearance has nothing to do with nothing. Now all that shit that the 20 year olds and what my 20 year old ass was thinking about has nothing to do with life. Not a motherfucking thing. Excuse my French. But I have to say that because mm -hmm. it's the truth. It has no ounce of drop to do with anything the true meaning of life. Yeah. And figuring out your purpose in life. Because that's what you're starting to do when you when you get to that age. Mm -hmm. uh, during you start to realize, okay... If you don't know your purpose already, you're trying to figure out what your purpose is. You start to realize, okay, my life is not just about me. It's about people around me. Mm -hmm. Just not the people who I love and who are close to me, mm -hmm. but the people who I walk, uh, that I see across the street or walk past me. Mm -hmm. Complete strangers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like me doing these interviews with the um, the people that are living in these tents and the homeless people. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to realize it's not about me. It's about other mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And it becomes about me when I do these interviews because I start to learn mm -hmm. about I'm more aware of myself. Mm -hmm. So it's more me gaining knowledge on 
was out there and figuring out that you know it's more than just me it's about everybody else and I can learn who I am just from other people too mm -hmm. and actually the more that I can connect with a person on a human level mm -hmm. I feel like the better I become mm -hmm. I become a better person and I feel like spiritually I will um, be on another another level and I mean a heightened level of mm -hmm. spirituality where I feel like I'll be more connected to God if I reach out to people whom I don't know and have a human connection with and and to um and to give a shit about somebody else that I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know? So um the confessions of a tent life is just more than just oh making people aware it was making me aware too of who i am and who they are mm -hmm. and getting outside of my comfort zone so do you feel like now that um <clears throat> you had your experience with the with homeless people do you feel like from now on out you won't just walk past a homeless person you'll speak oh yeah of course yeah I actually like to give them money whenever I see somebody that's homeless out there. <clears throat> but you know you don't always have to give them money. It's as simple as what? Saying, hi, hi how you doing? Yeah. How you doing? Mm -hmm. now, that you, now that you know and mm -hmm. you have experienced that with them, they're not always, they're not always wanting something from you. Yeah. They just want you to say, hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, or just to have a, a dialogue. You know, homeless people are not having too much of human interactions with people outside of their situation. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people don't choose to say, how you doing? They just ride past them or judge them or, you oh, know, yeah, do the simple shit that they like do. A wave or a nod. Yeah, nod. yeah. Mm -hmm. Something to, to acknowledge like, hey, I see you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I want to say, you are important. How you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> It's just as simple as that. Just imagine you being out there and everybody go past you and look the opposite way. Mm -hmm. Nobody looks at you. Nobody. They're, they're literally invisible people. They're not just invisible to us. They are invisible to society as a whole. They're invisible in terms of the government. They're just invisible. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, yeah. So now that you know they're no longer invisible to you, then you act accordingly. Yeah. So, um, and uh, I have been doing the same too. So every time I see a homeless person, if I ain't got no money, mm -hmm. I'm still going to say, hey. If mm -hmm. I do got some money, I'm still going to say, hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. How you feeling? What's going on? Yeah. To let them know that somebody gives a shit, mm -hmm. you know. You don't have to give them anything. And then in some cases with, you know, a motherfucker ain't going to want to talk to you because you ain't giving them no money or no no food. But God, guess what? That ain't got nothing to do with you. You still got to, hey, how you doing? You know, that they're human is when, you know, it can make a difference to me personally. Mm -hmm. Um... My next question is you 
I know you don't know exactly what you want to do. I know I'll let you guys know. Um, Daria's undecided on where she wants to go moving forward. Yeah. But is is this situation, this experience, um, has it brought focus on what you want to do or trying out things? Has it brought focus on just not just being complacent in your situation right now? With just being an administrative assistant and not looking at your options? Um, it just made me feel like I had less time, like I'm running out of time to figure out what it is I want to do. Well, you're not running out of time. Mm -hmm. What it is is a confidence thing. Mm -hmm. It's a confidence issue. You have to try things. So you have to literally try things. If it's a job that you that you like, try to try to um try it. Try it out. Apply for it. If you get it, try it out. If you don't like it, you move on to the next thing. This is a trial and error time for you. That's why I was telling you what I was telling you. That don't sit up there, you don't sit and for my all my twenties, you don't sit there and, and dwell in Oh, I don't have enough time, or I'm, I, I don't like how I feel about myself, and all this other stuff. You at a point where you can try things, you can change things, you can try whatever you want. You could, you could just try it. Mm -hmm. You have no responsibilities other than feeding yourself mm -hmm. and um, clothing yourself and taking baths and shit, hygiene. <laughs> but in order, like you, you don't have any other responsibilities. You know what I mean? You still it's have like the support. I'm trying to build my responsibilities, like getting my own apartment. Right. But you utilize where you are in your life right now to track things. Because once you start, once you start getting all these responsibilities, mm -hmm. then you start losing sight of what you need to be doing is figuring out what it is you like to do. Yeah. So... If you figure out what you like to do now and get your apartment and your responsibilities, then you may not lose track. Mm -hmm. Once you, when you're making, oh, I need an apartment, or especially if you have a, a family, remember, remember mm -hmm. <laughs> a family member that, or family members who mm -hmm. are supporting you, you should utilize that time period and the fact that you're working and everything to try things out. You know what I mean? Intern for certain jobs, you know what I mean? That you find that you like. If you got a little bit of money, put it in stocks. The uh, research about stocks and stocks that are like, you know, you're gravitated to. Mm -hmm. um, uh, cannabis stocks. Mm -hmm. um, um, industrial stock stocks like gas and I mean oil is what I'm I'm referring to oil yeah. stocks things of that nature um, learning how to day trade uh, so you got the stocks you got um, so many other things that you can learn about out here and just try them out mm -hmm. want to be a firefighter go train what I have a scenario for you Okay, so what if somebody wanted to be a doctor and they really want to be a doctor, like they want that to be their future career mm -hmm. and 
they gotta take about 15 years to invest in that career but they still living with their parents they want to get out and be independent what advice would you give to them so you're saying somebody who has who is pursuing or going to school to be a doctor mm -hmm. and they're living with their parents yeah. how long have they been in school they probably like started a year, like yeah. year. Mm -hmm. um <clears throat> and they really want to be a doctor. Yeah. Like, this is what they really want to do. Mm -hmm. Do it. But what would they do in the meantime while they going to school and putting all that time into the career? How would they support themselves? At this work study. Know that, right? In no, school. I never knew that. Yes, it was work study. You can get a part-time job just to, to fend for yourself. And I was working while I was in school. But I mean, that doesn't just, that don't stop nothing. Monkey don't stop the show, child. No, I thought you had to invest no, all the time. You don't know. How do you think those people survive? They're surviving off of their, their, their student refund checks mm -hmm. or the loans and, or, and working. You get what I'm saying? That's how that's how I was surviving with in terms of going to school. Yes. Um, and if that's definitely something that that person wants to do, mm -hmm. yeah, you you have a part time job or work study, or you, and you're using your student loans or whatever to survive and to get places or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know. So how do you come out of debt after um, you finish with everything? Oh, I'm just starting to figure that out. <laughs> oh so that's a topic for another that's episode. That's a topic for another episode. <laughs> I am trying to um, gain some type of revenue, some type of um, residual income um, so that I can eliminate my school debt. Um, school is not for everybody. And school is not the answer for everybody either. Mm -hmm. It's all on you. But um, I'm in the process of trying to figure out how to eliminate my debt. Um, and that is, you know, figuring out ways that I can make money mm -hmm. outside of social media and things of that nature. Things that is going to get me. I'm looking into long-term money because... In terms of school, when you're when you're going to college, um, the plan is to figure out a way to pay those loans off when you get out, mm -hmm. and you're damn near making bare minimum to pay the damn uh, student loans. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not like you're just gonna get a job straight out of college. That doesn't happen for uh -huh. at least ninety nine percent of us. So. Um, and it definitely didn't happen for me that way. So, uh, you know, I could, I'm just trying to figure out ways to, to make money, to, to advance myself and utilizing things outside of just my nine to five. So do you think that going to college was worth being in debt after finishing? The experience, yes, for me personally. I feel okay. like this was my journey. This mm -hmm. was destined for me to go to school. Uh-huh. 
because um, I'm supposed to be asking you bad <laughs> questions. Why well, ask you some of the good questions in the beginning? But um, I feel that it was worth it because it was a part of my journey. Yeah, and you know. I doubted myself in mm-hmm. terms of school. Like, I didn't feel like I was smart enough to mm-hmm. go to school. Like, I felt like, I can't do this shit. This is not me. I hate school. Mm-hmm. But then, I was like, you know, I'm fighting. I can do this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I decided to do it. And it was rough because I flunked out my first year. And then, yep. I ended up going to community college for two years. And mm-hmm. um, ended up going to Trinity for for four years and I graduated. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like, oh, a smooth ride where most people who went to school and then they went to school when they were like 18, 19, mm-hmm. graduated when they was like 21. Wow. Like most of my friends uh, had their story. My story was different. Mm-hmm. My story was a lot of trial and error. Flunked, went to school for two years, went back um, and finished in four years. So I ended up finishing school when I was 25 mm-hmm. versus 21 and 22, I was like 25, 26. I think I was 25, yeah, 25 or 26. So that was the lessons that you was talking about mm-hmm. in your 20s? Yeah. Wow. Well, putting myself through bullshit that I didn't have to. But that was a part of my story. I learned so much in college. I experienced... You know, I connected with people. Yeah. It 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 improved. Um, it improved me in terms of my growth growing up mm-hmm. in my twenties, like growing outward of of uh, my situations. And um, I'm very grateful for the people that I met, like my professors, the people, yeah. the students. I went to school with. There was a mixture because you had some grown folks that were doing like. Um, People that were older than me yeah. that were doing night classes. Mm-hmm. So I got an opportunity to like experience older people trying to go back to school. Yeah, and that's what I Connecting like with them and being aware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. You done asking me the goddamn questions? Um, I had a couple more, but we no, no, we're not. No, we're not going <laughs> to say that for the next episode, child. Anyway. My last question, not my last question, but I want to ask you, are you willing to um, share something with someone who's younger than you? Some advice, since this is tradition, because I've asked everyone else, I want to ask you. Some advice for someone younger than me. Wow. I really don't think I'm in a position. (laughs) (laughs) Delete that out. No, come on. Ain't nobody believing that. I don't think I'm in a position to give anybody any advice at the moment. Yeah, I know, but is there something? It's something. It's a little piece of something. You got something. You didn't. You're 20, and you get ready to be 21 in a couple of days. It's something that you didn't learn. Um, what have I learned? I took a lot of it. It was that. You took a lot of what L's? What L's did you take? You are 20. 21. 
You are driving me crazy. No, seriously, be serious. Be serious. What is something? No, I'm not deleting that out. They need to hear this. So, tell me what is something that you can give someone advice. I mean that I've wasted a lot of time that I can't get back, and I just have to move forward from what I've already lost. And what did you lose? Not finishing school. I've wasted about two years that I could have almost been done and graduated, but right. now I have to go back and start over from scratch. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. So what would, what would your advice be to someone younger than you that's actually going through this? Who's 18, you're about to be 21, so they're getting ready to go to college. So what would be your advice to them? When you hear older people telling you to take school serious, I think you should really listen to them because they know and they're telling you for a reason. And I didn't believe them, and I had to find out the hard way. So... Um, I think you should just value the time that you have. Um, That's um, good. You need to take it serious. Take it serious. All right, y'all. We are going to catch up with y'all later. Y'all heard Derry give y'all some good advice. Value your time. <laughs> Damn, they didn't <laughs> ship the table. All right, y'all. See y'all later. Okay. Bye, Derry. Tell, tell the people bye. Bye, y'all. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Make sure you check out my website, www.thisisgrandmaswisdom.com. All right, go follow me. Go like me. Go share. Go share something. Go share one of my teasers. <laughs> See y'all later.